0: Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herod here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Also, if you had a great weekend as well. Uh, let's talk about the markets first. Uh, uh, a pretty good day today. Futures opened sharply higher, and, and we essentially maintained those gains, had a little midday weakness. But NASDAQ really closed strong today. We'll talk about that. Talking about our three indicators. These are three key indicators for the VR investing system that helped us identify the October 13th lows, the, the capitulation lows, the bear market uh, bottom of October 13th that led to the bull market we're in today, one of the top three problems of my career. Those three are the semis, transports, and uh, housing, I'll explain that a bit. And also this VRA megatrend, something that we wrote about in the book. Uh, it really is powering everything. Uh, it's one of five megatrends. We're talking about liquidity and the deleveraging de- that's taking place throughout the American economy. This is something that almost, you see almost no one talk about uh, uh, in, the, in the financial circles today. And we think they're missing on a major story here. So we'll talk about all that. And by the way, at the very end of this podcast today, I'm going to talk about 9-11. I put out our our annual 9-11 letter today, the to same one that I've issued with some you know updated Information uh, and uh, any any uh, uh, you know uh, details that have come to light since then that I started writing in 2006 when I posted our first very letter on that. Uh, so I'll talk about that at the close of business, uh, the close of the cast today. And again, we continue. I continue to call for a uh, a new investigation into uh, this uh, this criminal conspiracy that is uh, the official story of 9/11. Not that we're ever going to get it, but. You know, you don't stop a good fight, right? Uh, uh, markets today, again, pretty good day here. Uh, Dow Jones up 109 points, uh, it's 3 tenths of 1%. 500 up six tenths of 1%. Russell, Russell 2000 up 3 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ was our leader. That's good to see, up 1.1%. However, semiconductors were flat on the day. They opened over 1% higher and uh, then went almost down to 1% lower and, and finish again flat on the day. The 10-year yield uh, uh, jacked up a little bit today to 4.286%, uh, still below uh, the highs of last month where we want it to stay. Uh, any kind of a breakout above the 4.4, 4, 4.5% yield level in the 10-year will start to sound some al- alarm bells, and we don't think that's going to happen, but that is what the markets are watching. Also, this week, just FYI, we're going to get seasonality this week. Uh, excuse me, we're going to get uh, – I'm thinking ahead. We're going to get uh, – on Wednesday, we'll get the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. Of course, everyone's looking at that. And then everybody starts uh, getting ready for the, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, meeting, FOMC meeting, later this month, uh, where uh, we expect them to do nothing. They will not rate, raise rates. They will not cut rates. That has been our call for a while now, certainly after Jackson Hole uh, a speech by um, uh, Jay Powell which a lot of people said was uh, was hawkish, and we, I didn't see that at all. I thought it was I thought, I thought it was more devilish than hawkish. We think the Fed's done, at least they should be. They think it's a mistake to keep raising rates. It'll only exacerbate the problems next year when they have to cut rates aggressively. Remember, uh, the, the great Ed Hyman, economy, 50-year economy, best on Wall Street over at Evercore, is predicting that we'll have six rate cuts next year. The market's already discounting 100 basis points, or 1%. rate cuts for next year as well. So we don't think the Fed's going to take any action. Uh, What's really happening now in the market, and we've been talking about this broken record time, I apologize. Seasonality, it's just seasonality. You know, this is just not a great time. It's not a good time to be an investor. And it hasn't been since the end of July. Uh, We started talking about this at the end of July. We didn't recommend taking a lot of profits here because we just have to buy these position back probably at a higher price. It's very hard for anybody. We're not, we're pretty good at market timing, but it's very hard for even us to time the markets on a week by week or, or even a month by month basis. I say that week by week, certainly, but if you're trying to get too cute and you're trying to call, Oh, the market's going to bottom here in three weeks, it's going to be a buy. And you know, that's just not really what we do. However, uh, I will say, uh, uh, Stock Trader's Almanac uh, was out with a piece we shared this morning uh, where they have all the seasonality trends. And going back to, what is this, 19, anywhere from 1949 for uh, SP 100 to 1971 for NASDAQ, the seasonality trends are, are pretty similar. In other words, from the time frame that we just exited, uh, when week seasonality began, the end of July, until about the third week of October, the markets don't go higher. They just don't. I mean, it's not to say it doesn't happen from time to time, but the, the 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 vast majority of the time, this is when the markets consolidate. They either go down or consolidate. Now, uh, I think, and I told and I talked about this today, that this year the markets are gonna bottom sooner than they normally do, which again is about the third week of October. October is crash month. We have October phobia, uh, which is one of the big reasons the markets are weak into October. People are just getting ready for a what if, you know, what what if we lose ten percent in October and get wiped out? I just can't stand that, especially after having, you know, we just had three bear markets in five years. The pain is still very fresh in people's minds. I don't fault anybody for for taking that action and raising some cash. Never ever fault anyone for that because it's your money. You should do what you want to with it, what you think is right for you. But what I think is going to happen, because this is that bull market, the bull market of bull markets, as we've been calling it here, the biggest bull market since 1995 to 2000, Uh, I think the market's going to bottom sooner than people believe. And I would not be surprised to see a bottom either in late September or the first week in October, because that's when everybody will be expecting it to go down. And that's when the markets do exactly the opposite of what the majority believe, because Mr. Market has one goal. To mess with as many people as possible and to hurt as many people as possible. So our job is to reinflict that pain on Mister Market for trying to do damage to us. We are in a battle with this guy. He's a son of a bitch. So just remember that. So he also loves hurting majority as often as he gets a chance. So I think that's what we're going to see, which means we might have another, what, three weeks or so of, uh, of a pause or some a bit of weakness. But I don't think it's going to be a lot. That's my view. Uh, and the Eternal City were pretty good, too. Uh, let's talk about that here because uh, – uh, they, they've they not been good of late, not horrible either, but they have not been good. Today, they were better uh, in our uh, advanced decline today, was uh, only higher by about 300 stocks for NASDAQ. Again, with NASDAQ of 159, you'd like that to be better. It's still positive, advanced, uh, me, volume for NASDAQ was much better, 2 to 1 positive, that's good to see. And We also had, and this is not good, only 59 stocks, 152 to 202 hitting a new 52-week low. Again, the Eternals are saying We're not out of the woods yet, but again, these are better readings than we have been seeing. Advanced decline uh, for uh, uh, NYC again, only slightly positive uh, for, for a volume for NYSE, was uh, very close to 2-1 to, to positives. That's good to see. And 52-week highs and lows, essentially for NYC came in at flat. So we're going to call this a mixed day uh, for the Eternals. Uh, I, I want to say mixed and positive, but frankly, uh, with the market up uh, triple digits here, you'd like to see a little bit better than what we had here. But again, I got to tell you, a lot of people are worried about October. That is weighing on the markets. It will probably continue to until it reaches some kind of a crescendo. At least that's my call. Uh, in our sector watch today, much better here. We had the 9 of eleven 11 S500 sectors from entirely the day, led to the upside buy, uh, consumers uh yeah, that's right. Consumer discretionary today up 2.7%. Uh, communication services up 1.1%. Uh, uh, several sectors up about a half to eight-tenths to one percent. Industrials today were actually flat on the day. Uh, and then energy gave back some of this gain today after hitting a total reminded reminding me today. Oil hit a new 52-week high today, as did XL Lee, the energy ETF, backed off away from that. Energy stocks were down 1.3% on the day. And our commodity watch today here we go uh quiet gold today up 275 275 cents an ounce at 19.45 is a dollar uh, open week got a little bit stronger throughout the day but still closed weaker uh, silver today up 21 cents an ounce at 23.38 an ounce copper uh, up eight cents uh, a pound at 380 a pound uh, crude oil again uh, hit an all time uh, a new week high then reverse lower, only down 20 cents a barrel at 87.31. And finally, here uh, of our commodity watch, uh, Bitcoin, calling a commodity, right? Down 719 at 20, 25,100. Um, all right, so I want to spend a few minutes today on uh, an important topic to us. Uh, if you followed me for long, you know this is a topic that's uh, been very important to me. Obviously, I worked on Wall Street for a long time, I was not in New York City on 9 11. Uh, I'd actually just taken Tyler to school. Uh, Tyler was in, uh, Tyler was, was, let's see, that was 2001. Tyler was in second grade then, and I'd just taken Tyler to school. And so I got back, and then I, of course saw one of the World Trade Center buildings on fire. Like, what's going on there? Saw the plane hit it. I go, well, that, that's ha- that had happened before. So I'm like, wow, some, and then I was like, wow, that, that's a big plane that flew into it, though. So everybody's scratching their head. Then, of course, we all know what happened next. You know, the second one hit, and then we knew there was not an accident. Um, and of course, when the building fell, you know, there was a whole new ball game, right? Because everybody looked at that and go, what just happened? How, how did these buildings fall? How did these buildings fall? World Trade Center buildings, if you don't know this. They were There they aren't buildings built like them today. These things were rock solid. Uh, steel girders everywhere. Uh, It was almost an impossibility for anything to take them down. They were built that way for a reason. And now here these things go, imploding to the ground. So we put out our uh, annual uh, letter today uh, that I've done every year since 2006. And um, just quick, quick background for me. Again, after I saw it happen, I was in shock like most of you were. And then the questions started coming in. You know, if you saw the original hole in the Pentagon, that, that that was the first time, I think, besides the buildings falling and then realizing that the World Trade Center was not hit by a plane. World Trade Center 7 was not hit by a plane, yet it still fell to the ground at free fall speed. Okay. Then if you remember seeing before the, uh, the Pentagon imploded, you know, the wall imploded, you saw the hole and uh, it was just a hole. And you're like, how did the plane fit you that? And we're, by the way, where's the wreckage of the plane? What happened to the engines? And it's titanium They, they you can't, they don't burn up, you know? Uh, and you're like, where's all the wreckage from the plane? Because you, you would know the wings or the elk would be sheared off. And that just wasn't there on the lawn. So, again, these questions continued to stack up and then you started seeing people talk about it more openly. And then that's when I really dove into it. Since then, as many of you know, uh, from our investment conferences, we had uh, had a lot of folks. We had I think we had three or four uh, WMI events where we brought in experts to come in and talk to people and not to preach to people and say, I have all the answers. Because anybody that says that's a liar, you can't have all the answers. That's just too many questions that aren't answerable at this point. But like me, these people had questions, but they were experts at what they did. They were architects, they were engineers, they were researchers, this is what they did. Uh, And they came and shared what they had found. You know, the evidence that pointed to anything but the official story being possible. And then we started seeing this new site pop up called AE911truth.org with Richard Gage. He was one of the speakers. We had the event. He founded ae 911 and Richard's an architect, I believe out of California. And, uh, you know, he, he, uh, looked into it and said, well, this is just not possible. When we first had Richard speak, there were about six or 700, uh, architects and engineers that had signed a, uh, a, 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 um, an agreement online that they swore to and say, I swear that I do not believe, uh, here's my name, but my signature, I do not believe the facts are possible based on architects, you know, uh, the, the science that these gentlemen practice every day. What happened, the official story, is not possible to believe. So again, there were about six, 700 architects and engineers that signed on, onto it then. All these years later now, there's a total of 3,600 architects and engineers, another 30,000, 40,000 experts of, uh, in other areas that have signed on to this uh, this uh, this complaint calling for a new investigation saying again it's just not possible that the physics the laws of physics make the official story of 9/11 impossible to believe and so today, today in today's update as I've done every year since 2006 I talked about some of these reasons and again I don't have the answers I just have a lot of questions and You know, I'm going to just talk about uh, three of those questions, okay, uh, today. Uh, Because if you've seen, if you remember the the footage, I'm sure you've all seen it today. We see the the towers, not, they're not falling, folks. They are, what are they doing? They are exploding outwards, okay? This is not a pancake type event. Uh, And the planes did not cause these buildings to fall because they would have fallen immediately after. Instead, all of a sudden explosions started because you know this because there were, you know, uh, there were uh, sections of, of buildings that weighed multiple, multiple tons that were being exerted outward. And some of these landed as far as five, 600 feet out. That doesn't happen in an implosion. That happens in an explosion. And so uh, that's what these scientists really were alerting to my attention, saying, yeah, the laws of physics, just this mandate that this is not even a possibility. So, again, as I got more into it, I started putting my top list of questions together and I'm going to cover those with you now. And the reason I'm doing this is because like other things that we're passionate about researching here is that, folks, this is all connected. Uh, I believe it now more than ever. And I've actually been saying this since 9-11. Um, Because after 9-11, remember, it wasn't just 9-11, was it? What did 9-11 bring us? 9-11 brought us the Patriot Act, which was written long, long before 9-11, probably many years before 9-11. It was pieced together and enacted just six weeks after 9-11. If you know about the Patriot Act, I'm sure you do by now. You know that our, our civil liberties and rights, constitutional rights, have just been utterly destroyed. It allowed the government, NSA, CIA, to do whatever they want to to find out about us, to tear down our privacy. That wasn't possible before the the, the Patriot Act. And so 9-11 made that possible. 9-11 also made – uh, uh, of course, the the war is possible, uh, and but we also had moralized, didn't we? We had Iraq WMDs that didn't exist that got us into Iraq. We were already in Afghanistan, so here we go. Right, uh, the pain for me. I know a lot of military folks. Know a lot of folks' families are impacted you know, directly by nine eleven if family members die uh, in the buildings uh, or elsewhere. Of course, it was also the, uh, the, the 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 plane crash in Pennsylvania, and of course the Pentagon. Uh, but also all the soldiers, you know, is, is what we have a total of more than 7,000 soldiers died uh, in, in battle in those two countries. Uh, more than 100,000 injured on the battlefield. Today, as of today, this is as of uh, last year's report, actually, more than 400,000 soldiers have filed disability claims directly from those wars. Think about the the, the the lives that have been destroyed, right? What is it? More than 23 soldiers commit suicide every day from those battles uh, than the treasure. You know, $7 trillion for both wars. So, and, you know, and no one really talks about this because we have our own issues to deal with. We have our own losses to uh, uh, commiserate about. But more than 500,000 innocent, dead Iraqis and Afghanis. This is just in, in, in Iraq, by the way. More than 500,000. Innocent. These are non combatants, women, children, non combatant men. More than 500,000 innocents died in Iraq. Um, more than 7 million displaced from their homes. So just uh, the collateral damage from 9 11 uh, globally and in the U.S. is so vast. Uh, loss of civil liberties, uh, everything is, is it, 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 these are losses that are incalculable. Uh, so this is why we spend time on it. And by the way, the Patriot Act made what happened with the pandemic possible. I won't spend a lot of time on it now, but all of the, the genetic uh, modifications, right, and 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 that, that of course we know that are happening with these uh, uh, these uh, these jabs, right. If you read through the Patriot Act, this allowed that to take place as well. So we know that from uh, uh, Operation Lockstep and the Foundation Rockefeller Foundation. That, which was you know, that document lockstep was, document put together. And those meetings happened in 2010. So the pandemic had been in the drawing board for for uh, at least a decade. We that has to tell us that 9 was on the drawing board for at least a decade. Again, I don't have the answers. I just have a lot of questions. Uh, but I do feel like I'm getting more answers as time goes on. But the big ones, of course, still remain. But here are the topics I covered today. Uh, that bothered me, I think, the most. There's so many. You know, where do you start? Uh, But number one, prior to 9-11, not a single steel skyscraper globally had ever collapsed due to fire. Never anywhere on the planet in the 100-year history of steel skyscrapers. But on 9-11, not, not one, not two, but three skyscrapers apparently or supposedly did just that. So the question is, exactly how Did two 100 plus story steel buildings, World Trade Center one and two, and one 47 story steel building, World Trade Center seven. Most people still don't even know there was a third building that collapsed in uh, in New York. Uh, How did this happen? Because of remember office fires, folks. Office fires fueled by jet fuel. If you don't know, and and by the way, (laughs) remember it's not just that the the buildings collapse. The concrete just evaporate. I mean, it was just, it, it was just turned to dust. Steel beams were uh, turned to melting, uh, molten metal. They melted down. If you don't know. There's a reason that steel doesn't melt. You know, if you have a barbecue pit, raise your hand. That's everybody. You know, you don't have to buy a new barbecue pit. Every time you cooked out, it's still melted with just regular fires, like an office fire. No, even jet fuel's not that hot. No, it takes something, much higher, hotter. It takes something like I want to. I, uh, it's either 2,500, 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit to melt steel, folks. Office fires, yes, even jet fuel doesn't burn anywhere near that. About it's about half that uh, uh, that that required amount to melt steel, and all those steel beams melted. How do I know that? Uh, because uh, and this is widely known, reported. There were lakes of melted molten steel beneath the World Trade Centers, uh, at one, two, and seven, that, that burned on for a couple of months. And they were nonstop pour, pouring fire onto it, right? Uh, water onto it. And it was molten steel. Again, that's not a possibility with regular fire. And see, and some something not many people talk about, this is why I focus on it, because it's that big of a deal. What would have the potential to melt steel I don't have that answer I have some um, I have some beliefs on the subject I'm not quite ready to go there yet because I just don't have enough evidence and that what good does that do anybody uh, but I think there are a couple of uh, reasons uh, that that could happen uh, and the reasons that that did happen but it did happen that's what we know and so again way too many questions for the official story to hold water uh, and these fell at free fall speed folks free fall speed. Again, the support columns below were just blown out. Um, Again, 3,600 architects and engineers have sent sworn statements uh, that point out the impossibility of the physics around the official story. These are real scientists, not like these climate change frauds. Okay, these folks aren't being paid to say this. These climate change frauds are being paid by government lackeys to support the climate hoax story. These three thousand six hundred architects, and engineers are heroes. They're risking their careers, their reputations. They've been they've, they've been they've been regularly attacked for it. Their careers have, have been put into jeopardy because they dared to go against the official story of nine eleven. These are the actual heroes, not the climate science frauds. Um, that's number one. Number two, we're told that nineteen hijackers armed with box cutters were able to overtake the crews and the pilots of four commercial aircraft. Okay. And that they flew these incredibly difficult and complex flight paths. So the question is why would highly skilled, talk to a pilot that you know about this, why would any highly skilled and trained pilot give up their cockpit to hijackers? They wouldn't. That's the one thing they're trained not to do, even before 9 11. Okay. Yet they all did it. And they didn't alert ground control to the hijacking and said their transponders were turned off. Again, why did this happened, how did this happened, I don't have those answers. Unfortunately, uh, I know people that think they do, I just can't ascertain that as truth. I do have my own beliefs on this. Maybe one of these days I'll have a I'll have a podcast where I share those. I just don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I'm talking about facts here, folks. That's what's important, I believe, and I don't want to be, I don't want if I'm wrong, I don't want, I really don't like being wrong. And so I'm talking about things that I, that I, I'm talking about things that I know I'm right about. Okay. And, and pilots don't give up control of their other, other cockpits. And these pilots that supposedly flew these planes, again, these guys could barely fly a single engine Cessnas. You know, the, the guys that trained them at the flight schools in the U S are like, wait, you're telling me that that guy flew that plane, the 747, 757, what? No, he could barely fly a Cessna. He couldn't even get out of the uh, simulator. You know, so again, incredibly difficult patterns for commer- large commercial aircraft. It's just not possible. To, and, and you should really check out 8911truth.org uh, and read testimonies from, from captains like Russ Wittenberg, uh, a retired U.S. Air Force and commercial pilot, flew for Pan Am and United for 35 years, flew every a- aircraft there was through 30,000 total hours, uh, actually flown, he had actually flown two of the United Airlines aircraft that were hijacked on 9-11. So he just said, I'll read you of this. He said, um, uh, well, he said, basically, if I tried to do what they supposedly did, the aircraft would literally fall out of the sky. I couldn't do it, and I'm absolutely positive that they couldn't do it. So this is something very odd about the entire story about the aircraft and the pilots that supposedly flew them that day. Uh, last one, where was the military? Again, I know everyone's talked about this, but this covers some facts here. The Air Force, they claimed that day that they were conducting military ex- – they were, by the way. But guess what? They are conduct- conducting air, uh, exercises against terrorist attacks on the U.S., uh, and they're even conducting uh, 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 exercises about planes hitting office bu- uh, buildings in the U.S. So, you know, again, uh, what a coincidence, huh? Remember, the U.S. military at the time, it's gotten larger now, of course, but the U.S. Time, military at the time had a $600 billion annual budget. It's now, of course, now over $900 billion. And in addition, to the Pentagon is the world's most protected building. Cameras all over the place. It even has Uh, And this is uh, not really well-known, but it is known. Uh, The the Pentagon even has uh, anti-aircraft, a massive defense missile system of its own uh, to protect the Pentagon. It had it then. So, you know, we haven't seen, where's all the video footage, right, from these hundreds of uh, cameras at the Pentagon? All we've seen is because the public demanded to see something because everyone knew that the cameras were there. They finally released something from an ATM, I'm sure you've seen it, uh, that was right across the way. And it's just really a couple of images. And you go, see, there's the plane. Have you seen that video footage? Because I've seen it many, many times. That video footage is not of a plane. Uh, <laughs> there's not a 747 in that in those, however, three, four frames. Uh, two, I think it's a couple frames only that are, that are shown from the ATM camera video. Uh, nearby the Pentagon, uh, but that's not a plane. Uh, uh, it, and, and by the way, if you've seen where the hole uh, took place in the Pentagon, you know, it's pretty much ground level, okay? Uh, talk to any pilot. Uh, can you fly a, a, a plane of that size uh, at ground level without it uh, 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 imploding into the ground or uh, crashing headfirst in the ground? And the answer is no. There are so many things prior to that, like bridges and, and roads and elevated roads, you know, uh, that they would it would have to uh, uh, hit at that level. It's just, again, it's, it's just really not a possibility, in my opinion, that a plane caused that damage. Again, where's the wreckage? Where are the engines? They just disappeared. Um, and again, there's a lot of, uh, of course, a lot more to it. But um, anyway, I just wanted to cover that today. Importantly, Most importantly for me is, that, yeah, I, I think that to honor the fallen, and those that lost their lives, either in New York City, Pennsylvania, or in uh, in DC, or uh, all of those that have lost their lives since, you know, from uh, uh, inhaling the debris in New York City, uh, many, many, many thousands of people. Of course, the soldiers that died to honor everyone and their loved ones, everyone that's died and those that loved them. Uh, I think the ultimate way to show that love is to have an honest investigation, because the one we had was a laughing stock. Uh, people that worked. On that investigation, the nine nine eleven committee uh, uh, called it uh, a uh, a laughingstock, and some resigned from it. You know, a well known uh, you know government officials said, "I just can't be part of it." And so that's that's what we, number one. That's what we should do. Uh, we should have an honest investigation. Uh, they did it after the Kennedy administ- uh, 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 assassination. Not that it was honest, but they did actually have. A, a, and I know we did have the nine eleven uh, uh, commission hearings, but. I think we're owed a second one because the impact of this is so much greater than just one man dying, even he was president, uh, when Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, this impact is so many more, U.S. and globally, right? Uh, I've said this for a long time. I've written it in every book. Every, in every book I've written, I put in inside the first few pages I, my views on 9-11 and the importance of it because it is that important. It remains my view that the U.S. and the world will not fully heal until 9-11 truth is both known and adjudicated and the adjudicated part is the key because the criminals that did this are the same criminals not maybe not the exact same people but they're affiliated with the same criminals that, that brought the pandemic to us okay uh that are behind everything that's wrong in the united states and it's wrong globally uh our uh, our uh, our masters of the universe if you will our evil masters of the universe you know um you know, not that it's ever going to happen, but you know, I, I know I'm not going to give up uh, until, probably until I can't, I can't fight the fight anymore. And so, uh, thank you for uh, listening today. I appreciate that. We only do this once a year. I used to focus on a lot more than that, but it's all is connected. Again, that's the key. And unless we stop these bastards uh, and these. Uh, What's the strongest word you can pop? Satanist? I mean, I don't know. Just the evildoers doesn't seem appropriate to me. Uh, who 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 thinks like this? You know, uh, uh, destroying the many lives, killing so many people, wrecking havoc, havoc this kind of havoc on the on the U.S. and global economy, and our way of life and our culture. Um, it uh, it's the worst of us, is really what it is. And uh, we gotta we gotta finger these people. We gotta find these people out. They must be prosecuted. And, uh, you know, just like we're calling for with the pandemic, we need a Nuremberg, too. Uh, we, we need we need something uh, to be done uh, uh, to uh, to deal with 9-11 in an appropriate fashion and to have these uh, these criminals adjudicated properly. OK, folks, always appreciate you listen. Hope you had a good day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.